Well, Merry Christmas. We're excited to have you here to Open Life today to celebrate on Christmas Eve with us and hope that you have uh, the desire inside and all of you are wishing with me for a white Christmas. We're going to take that 5% chance that we usually have and make it 100. This is our day. This is our Christmas. It's going to happen. But we're going to talk about today the, uh, the light of Christmas and specifically Jesus. So I'm going to jump right in here and kids... You've got like a, a bingo sheet there in front of you uh, that you can follow along and try to uh, track down whether we say the right words or not so that you can check them off. And if you get bingo, oh, you, you don't have to shout it out. But you know, whatever works for you. Here we go. So don't, be, don't jump if somebody says bingo right next to you real quick during the course of the day. It's all good. It says in John 12, 46, in the Gospel of John, it says, I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Jesus came so that we would no longer remain in the dark. How many of you feel like the world around us is becoming darker and darker and darker time, Right? Uh, we could be overcome by the, doc, the, the darkness of a doctor's prognosis or get overcome by the darkness of another disagreement with our spouse or overcome by the darkness of a, another natural disaster that we're hearing about on the news, uh, overcome by the darkness of a, another tweet battle uh, or, you know, it, but, but what happens? How do we get uh, joy to overpower this sorrow? How do we get hope to outweigh doubt or satisfaction to outweigh hunger? Well, John 1, verse 4 through 5 says this. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You could read all of John 1 and hear how he dialogues about Jesus coming into this world. He transcended all normality and, and as, a, as a baby came into this world as the light of the world. Now, a bunch of you have gifts still under the tree, right? You haven't opened all of them. Anybody have gifts under the tree out there? Gifts, gifts. Have you guessed all of them? Any, any gift guessers in the room? You shake them, you squeeze them. Anybody hoping for a brand new iPhone under the tree. iPhone. There's my son. Not going to happen. Anyway, he believes in Santa. He believes in Santa. And Santa's real. It's in your heart. Okay, moving on. Uh, so I follow this blogger called Austin Mann. His name is Austin Mann. He's not just called it. That's his literal name. And he, he blogs about the new iPhone. And unfortunately, my technical geeking has transcended into my kids' desires. Very Unfortunate. So, uh, but anyway, we uh, looking at the iPhone X. He's this guy. He compares before they come out. He compares like the old iPhone with the new iPhone. And he said something very interesting about the brand new iPhone. He said, "Quote: The blacks are incredibly black." What? what, what? Yeah, the blacks are incredibly black. Well, what does that mean? It means when nothing on the screen is there, when it's just a black screen, it doesn't glow. It's black. Well, why is that important? For contrast. Well, that's the world. The darker the world, the brighter the lights in the world. 
That's why Jesus came to the world when he came. And that's why he's sending us into the world as he's sending us. Because we can be a great light. If we want to make a difference in the world, we can be a light in the world. Isaiah 9, verse 2, predicting Jesus' life says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. A light will shine. So our big idea today, light shines in the darkness. Light shines in the darkness. Do you know the shortest day of the year? The shortest day of the year is December 20th. There is eight hours and 29 minutes of light. That's all. Interesting enough, tomorrow, December 25th, is the first day that there's a little more light. There'll be one more minute of light tomorrow than there was today. What's the significance of that? Well, the early Christians, those who chose Jesus as their Savior and followed Jesus, those early Christians, they uh, didn't celebrate Jesus' birth. They, they, they celebrated Jesus' resurrection. They celebrated Easter. That was their main emphasis of celebration. They commonly thought that Jesus' birth was on January 6th. That's when they kind of estimated it. For like 200 years, they say, historians say, they thought it was January 6th. Well, there was a celebration, though, on December 25th. It was the celebration of the sun, right, in the sky, the sun in the sky, and not in the northwest, really. But anyway, they, uh, you know, they were. They would worship the sun, and these Christians, these followers of Jesus said, you know what? We serve a God that redeems things. We serve a God that makes what's dark light. And so we need to move this celebration of Jesus' birth to this day so that we're celebrating the light that came into the world, not the light of the sun. So they made this choice to move Christmas, some historians would say. Some would argue with that, but uh, I find it very interesting. God is in the business of redeeming dark things and making them light, and he redeemed Christmas. Luke 1, verse 78 says this, Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in shadow of death, and guide us to the path of peace. God wants us to experience peace today. So we have three thoughts that we are going to share with you today to be encouraged on Christmas Eve. The thought number one, Jesus is the light. He is the light. Dana and I are honored to have four beautiful children sitting here. Oh, hi. And uh, so they're really, really super cute. And being that we have four kids in school, we get to go to multiple kids' choir concerts. Anybody else love going to the school choir concerts? Well, I got to, yeah, see, Mrs. Lepinen uh, is such a good choir director. She's helping out with worship up here. Uh, she directed the fourth grade choir, and we got to see a cool number in the fourth grade, grade, grade choir. There we go. Um, the, I can't speak today. They got up there, and they had a surprise for all of us. They were holding those little tea light candles that you click on, you know, and they light up. And they started singing. It went completely black in the room. And they started singing and holding these lights in their palms. It was a beautiful moment 
for about 10 seconds, right? Why do I say that? It was beautiful. The whole song was beautiful, Mandy. But they, uh, the, the reality was that's when people tried to capture the moment on their cell phones. You can see probably what's going to happen in the room, right? Everybody has their brightness turned all the way up on their phones from coming in from outside. And they all try to catch this beautiful moment with all these candles and these children singing a song on their phones. And the room automatically is like, it lights up with phones. And the entertaining thing was to watch everybody freak out and try to like dim their phones and, and, and you couldn't capture it on a camera, right? So they're like, what do we do? What do we do? And so they're, they're, these bright phones are everywhere. Well, this one poor girl, a couple rows in front of us and just feet from the stage was the person put in charge of recording it on an iPad. Do you love that moment when you're in a room and somebody's going to catch it like on their iPad Pro? <laughs> record you know they're just like but she had this ipad and she's trying to and and it just decided it was going to use its light and when that light came on it was like this dark beautiful moment of tea light candles turned into like wah spotlight right and then she would stop the record because it would make the light stop so then and then she would push it again thinking it was off and it was like wah 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 in the room and you know Mrs. Lepinen's a professional because it didn't throw her off at all. But you could tell she must have been like going, is there a strobe light behind me? It's just like, wah, 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 wah. Light makes a big impact in a dark room. And so that entertainment, you know, I have to share. This is just this beautiful little moment happened at the end of the song. People figured out they couldn't record it. It was dark once again. And this little kid in the front row dropped his candle. You just, ting, 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 ting. you hear it go down, and he just kind of stands there. And the nice little boy right next to him hands his light over. And he says something to the fact of, you can share mine. And I was like, that's life, right? That, they get it. Light is to be shared, right? It was a beautiful moment, and I think it shares with us the reality of what God was doing when he sent Jesus into the world as the light to overcome darkness. Here, you need a light. You need a light. Luke 2, 1 through 7. Luke 2 is where you could read as a family through Luke 2 and read the entire element of Jesus' birth. Uh, I'll read the intro and then we have somebody that will help me on the screen do the rest of it. But verse 1 through 7 says, the angel had already, no, it doesn't say this. This is for me to tell you. The angel had already visited Mary. Let me catch you up to pace. The angel had already visited Mary and Joseph and said, you're going to have a son and he's going to be the savior of the world. And they were like, what? And then she was like, what? And then he was like, what? And then they were going to say, it's, you're going to get pregnant by God, have a baby, and you're going to name him Jesus. So that already happened. They already got over their fear. And this is where we go. At the time... The Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken through the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. 
She was now obviously pregnant. So you're not going to wonder, I wonder if that girl's pregnant. It's like, no, you know, right? It's that pregnant. Verse 6 says, while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Such a cool moment, right? Jesus, the Son of God, coming into the earth. And maybe you didn't catch the song earlier. But we sang a song called Arrival, a new song from Hillsong Worship. And it says, who is God that he would take our frame, the artisan inside the paint? Or breathe the very air his breath sustains, the architect inside the plan? Oh, come now, hail his arrival, the God of creation. Royalty robed in the flesh he created, Jesus the maker, has made himself known. Hail the infinite, infant God. That's what happened. Jesus created the world, the Trinity, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, make the world. And he stepped into the world he created. Now, kids, maybe you've watched this already this Christmas. But we wanted to share Charlie Brown's version of the Christmas story here for you. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's a good rendition of the Christmas story, isn't it? If you had an opportunity to watch that, if you haven't, you should celebrate Christmas with a good Charlie Brown movie feature. Um, well, it said right there in the middle of that, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And that brings up our second thought. This light, the light of Jesus, Jesus as the light is for everyone. The light is for everyone. Surely you could go a couple directions when you're thinking about the light being for everyone and, and thinking about the light of Christmas. And maybe you're seeing those around you as people that are in darkness or living darkly or living and doing wrong things and you're like, they need the light. Our focus could be on others needing the light. Maybe they're the people who use bad words at school. None of you in here, right? Right, right, right. Or maybe they're the, the people that drive dangerously down your road at night or during the afternoon when kids are playing and you're like, that person is living in darkness, right? Uh, Maybe it would be those who break the rules on the bus. Or it would be the parent who walked out on the family this year. Or it would be, right, there's a lot of things we could think of. The other thing that we could think of is think about how we are everyone. We could think about how this light came for us. Because we ourselves are desperate for the light. 
We might keep making the same bad choice as much as we try to stop. We might not be telling the truth to those around us and understand that we're just making up stories and we need to be more truthful. Maybe we realize we might be avoiding conflict and not confessing our struggles in this world because of where we're I don't know where you're at. But that's what Jesus is saying. It doesn't matter where you are today. He came for you. He came for me. We all need him in some way, shape, or form. Jesus has come that we can live in the light, that we can live through the light, and as the light. We become the light by choosing to follow Jesus, by inviting him into our life, and he's the light for us and everyone around us, which brings up our final thought today, that you are the light. You are the light. Jesus declares something powerful for you and me. In Matthew 5, it was one of his greatest sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. He's speaking to a multitude of people. It's his first sermon. And he gets up and he's sharing and he says, you are the light of the world. He says, you are the light of the world. In Matthew 5, 14, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Like you're the candle that's lit and there's, you don't light a candle to cover it. You light a candle so that you can see the flame. You are the light of the world. You are the one who has the eyes that can see and ears that can hear the world around you because the darkness you experience is unique to your context, in your work, in your school, in your playground, in your commute, the conversations in your car, wherever. We're the ones that see darkness and understand how to bring the light to that darkness. You each have a unique perspective of the world around you. And Jesus understood that over 2,000 years ago when he came in a manger, born by Mary and Joseph, wrapped in swaddling clothes, tightly in that beautiful little scene. He understood that and he came. Light broke into the darkness and overcame darkness completely. And that light has empowered you to continue on as this light to the world when he did go to the cross for all of us. So our action point today, or our closing question, if you will, is what are you going to do with this light? Like, what's, what are you going to do with the light of Jesus? Maybe today you need to choose to accept Jesus into your life, that you've never made a decision to follow him. You're like, man, I, I get it. It's this picture. It's this manger scene. But boy, I've never made it personal. I've never begun a relationship with him. Maybe today that is your first step to being a light to the world. Maybe today you're going to determine not to hide the light. You're, you're going to determine to share the light. It's easy to cover it up. It's easy to go throughout our days or our weeks and just say, yeah, I know I have a relationship with Jesus, but I'm just not sure how to shine Jesus around me. I don't know which one of those scenarios you are today, what your response would be, but we want to give you a chance to pray and reflect on Jesus. Worship team is going to come out, sing a song, and I want you to dwell, man, what's my response to the message of Jesus? I'm going to pray with you and give you a chance to invite Jesus into your life or give you a chance to say, here I am, use me as a light.
whatever fits most for you today. God, I thank you for all of us that could come and celebrate Jesus together today. I thank you that these beautiful kids could come and be brought into an environment where they would hear about how much Jesus loves them and how they are given the power to to be an influencer in the life around them, a leader to others. God, you've made us lights. And for those in here that have yet to choose to follow Jesus in their life, I pray that today they would make that choice. They would invite you into their life by saying, Jesus, I need you, Savior. You came to this world for me, and I want to invite you into my life. God, may you use this moment as a moment where their life begins new, where they become that light. God, for those of us who know you, those of us who have made a decision to follow you, I pray that, Lord, you would give us the courage to be a light in dark scenarios. The Lord, you would let us be the problem solvers. You would let us be peace where there is needed to be peace. You would let us bring hope where there is needing hope. You would let us be joy in a room where there is no joy. You would help us love those who feel unloved. That's why you came for us, and now you're sending us for others. God, we pray that you would use the next couple days as an opportunity for us to reflect on how much you loved us, that you would send your one and only son for us. And thank you for this, that we could worship you, that we could celebrate the arrival of our Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen.